May I speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, let me start with the obvious. From up here, you guys look amazing. What a gift it is to be back. What a gift to see your smiling faces in this gorgeous room, surrounded by the prayers and praise of the saints who have filled these pews for the past 212 years. Having spent the 10 of those happy years with you, it fills my heart with joy to be back here on this day, to be back with you to celebrate this Consecration Sunday. So thank you, Brenda, for the invitation to be back. It really does mean a great deal to me. Speaking of Brenda, I know now's not the time for goodbyes. You guys still have many happy months together before that sad day comes. But can we also just take a moment to thank this incredible woman for the work she has done in this place for the past 26 years? Would you join me in thanking Brenda for that? She hates that. It's fun to be home. <laughs> One of the things I love about Brenda, though, is that this has never been about her. She has never once referred to you as my church. She doesn't have any illusions that you are somehow Brenda Husson's church, just as it wasn't Mark Anschutz's church or Hayes Rockwell's church or John Coburn's church or Tui Consolving's church or Horace Donegan's church or anybody else's church other than Jesus Christ's church. For 26 years, Brenda has stood among you like John the Baptist, pointing her finger beyond herself to Jesus, calling us to walk in his ways and to know his truth, to experience for ourselves his grace and his mercy and his love, and then to share it as freely as we know how. Brenda has done everything in her power to point us to Jesus. She knows that this is his church, and because she knows that, she also knows that it's your church. Priests come and go. I'm living proof of that. I had 10 years with you. By the time it's over, Brenda will have had 27. But priests come and go. You are the church. You are the body of Christ in this place. You, the baptized, the faithful women and men of God. You are the church. And you together... You together have everything you need to be the church, to do what God is calling you to do in this time and for this community. You have everything you need to actively share the love of Jesus Christ with each other, this city, and the world beyond. You are the risen body of Christ. You are the hands and feet of Christ. You are called to know the mind of Christ, that you would share the love of Christ. 
And as you walk through this time of transition, this time that might bring some anxiety to the surface, part of what fills my heart with joy is the utter, deep confidence that you can be that church, that church that this neighborhood and that this city and that this world need you to be. You can be that church. You will be that church because you have been that church in so many times in the past. And in this moment now, you can do it and you will do it because you have done it and the Spirit of God is with you every step of the way. Thanks be to God for that. In thinking about being back with you this morning, I found myself thinking a lot about time. It was almost two and a half years ago that I last stood in this pulpit and said goodbye to you through a camera lens right there. And it was 12 years ago tomorrow, November 14th, that we packed this church full for our celebration of the bicentennial. I'm telling you, there wasn't an empty seat on the aisle or in the chapel. There were people in Sunderland Hall. It was an amazing day. The presiding bishop of our church at the time, Catherine Jeffords Shorey, she was here as our preacher that day. And I remember carrying that very gospel book down these steps into that aisle to proclaim the gospel that we just heard. I was a deacon at the time, not even yet a priest, and it's the deacon's job to proclaim, that, to proclaim the gospel. And so I had the great honor to stand there and read those words surrounded by the saints of this place. And all I remember thinking is, thank God I don't have to preach on that. <laughs> what is she going to do with that gospel? I didn't get so lucky today. This passage we have from Luke chapter 21 is not perhaps a passage a preacher would choose for a happy occasion like a bicentennial or a consecration Sunday. Known as the Lucan apocalypse, it speaks of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem and a subsequent time of conflict and upheaval, confusion and fear that followed after it. Wars and rumors of war, persecution, betrayal by relatives and friends. All true enough. Sadly, all part of the human experience and even the life of faith. But not exactly the kind of thing that you pick for a happy day, and certainly not the day when you're about to ask people for money. And yet, as I've sat with this text, as I've prayed with this text, I've come to believe that there is something absolutely essential for us to hear in this morning's gospel. Perhaps even that this might be the perfect reading for this Consecration Sunday in this year. And I say that because as he so often does, our Lord faces head on, addresses head on the elephant in the room, which is our anxiety, our anxiety about loss and change. 
St. James, this is, whether we like it or not, an anxious moment in the life of a parish to say goodbye to a beloved rector in this city coming out of COVID, in a fraught political environment, with war raging around the world, with so many people so longing, not just to hear, but to know the good news of God. This is an anxious moment. And Jesus faces it head on, head on. The context is that Jesus and his disciples have finally made it to the big city. Palm Sunday is just a few days in the rearview mirror. They're in Jerusalem, and not unlike the gawking tourists that crowd the streets of New York, they are standing there and staring up at the temple in wonder, struck, impressed by what they see. Jesus catches them, catches them admiring the magnificent temple with its massive foundation stones and its intricate, beautiful details. And he knows what they see. They see something permanent. They see something stable. They see something unchanging. They see something safe. And if you've ever been to Jerusalem, or perhaps you're going with Brenda in a few months' time, then you know that those giant stones that make up the foundation, the Temple Mount, look about as unchanging and permanent, as staple and as safe as anything you can imagine. But Jesus, Jesus wants more for them. He wants to invite them into a deeper faith. And so he says this, in essence. Look around. Look around. This temple, it's pretty impressive. I'll give you that. These stones, they're pretty amazing. But don't trick yourselves into thinking that they'll never change, because they will. Only the God they point to will remain unchanged. Everything else rises and falls, ebbs and flows, lives and dies. Only God remains unchanged. Look around, Jesus says to his disciples. Look at the things in your life that matter most to you. Your family, your security, your social standing, the affection of your peers. All this too may change. You see, Jesus knows in this last week of his life what's just around the corner. And he knows that his disciples will also face a coming time of persecution and struggle and hardship. Look around, he says. Face head on into the very worst that could come your way. And by staring it down, rob it of its power. Look around. Look around and remember that because God is with you and for you, that because you have one another, you don't have a thing to worry about. God will give you the words you need when the time comes. God will save every hair of your head. And by your endurance, by your faith, 
together you will gain your souls. Look around. Look around, Jesus says to us today. No, really, take a minute. Look around. Look at this amazing room, this temple of God's presence in your life. Look at the amazing people on either side of you. Look at this amazing leader you have and remember the leaders past and imagine the leaders yet to come. Look at the circumstances of your life, the things and the people that matter most to you. Look around and take a deep breath. Look around and take heart and do not fear. For things change, but God never changes. Things come to an end, and yet with God there is always more. Things ebb and flow, they rise and fall, and yet Christ and Christ's love is that still point at the center of it all. A love that never changes, a mercy that knows no limits, a life that death cannot hold, and a power that can make all things new. Friends, it's Consecration Sunday. And so on a practical level, that means that today is the day that you are invited to make your 2023 financial commitment to sustain and strengthen and grow the ministry of God in this place. Investing yourself into the things that really matter, into the work of God that has taken place in this place for 212 years and will continue for 212 more. And that's a good and holy thing. And because I know you, I know that you will be as generous as you possibly can be to equip this parish with the resources it needs to do the work that God is calling it to do in this time, for this neighborhood, for this city, for a world that needs good news. But Consecration Sunday, friends, it's not just about your pledge. It's about your life. It's about the whole of your life. It's a chance to, to step back and to look around. It's a chance to reflect on the big picture. It's a chance to ask yourself, Amid the, the changes and the chances of life, amid the ebbs and flows, the rises and the falls, am I centered in Christ? Am I investing myself in the things that will truly last? Am I careful about what I give my heart to and where I place my trust? Am I using the life that God has given me to love God? and to love neighbor, and to love myself? Or am I in service of other gods? Friends, it's been said, and Christ has shown us through his life and death and resurrection, that love, love really is the only thing that lasts. Because God is love. And love is from God. God, our Heavenly Father, God the Son, who goes to the cross and then the mystery of the empty tomb reveals the power of love to triumph over death. God the Holy Spirit that breathes 
love and strength and power and possibility into this room. Love. Love, it's the only thing that lasts among a world that passes away. It's the only thing that's permanent. And Christ calls us, brothers and sisters. Christ calls us into his way of love, shows us the way, and then gives us everything we need to walk it as his followers. And the only question, the only question left for you and me to answer is whether we will whether we will receive that love and share it, whether we'll follow in his way of self-offering love. Will we be all in? Will we offer, offer ourselves, our souls and bodies, our time, our talent, and our treasure to the work of love that Christ is doing among us? Friends, look around. No, really, look around. You're not very compliant this morning. Look around. (laughs) Because you have God, and because you have one another, you have everything you need to be the church that God is calling you to be and to share the love that God so freely gives. Things change. Priests come and go. But Jesus, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's be all in. Let's be all in. After all, we're Jesus' church, as Brenda loves to remind us. And he's all in for love of us. All in. And friends, that will never, ever, ever, ever change.